0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the World Economics Podcast, brought to you by the UQES Diversity Team. I'm
1: Francisco. I'm Marty.
0: I'm Bronwyn. I'm Sharada, and I'm Joe. And each week, we bring in a new guest to talk about the issues that matter. UQES would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is taking place today. We acknowledge the country as both the Turrbal and Jagera nations. We pay our respects to all Elders past, present and future.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the World Economic Podcast today, presented to you by the Corporate Sponsorship Team from UQ Economic Society. My name is Peter and I will be your host today. I am very fortunate to have two very special guests, which is Chris Chan and Talicia Conway. So how Good are morning. you guys
0: feeling? I'm uh, Pretty well. I'm in lockdown, but I've gone for a morning walk and I'm feeling quite positive about today. Excited to share my journey with you guys.
2: Yeah, and I'm feeling the same as well. I'm very excited about um, today. Yes, we are in lockdown, but what a way to start, like kind of what Tala Nisha did, go for a walk and have great conversations. So thank you for having us.
1: No worries. So to kickstart this podcast, can you please tell us a bit about yourself, what you're doing, and what have you been up to lately?
2: Okay, cool. I'm currently the financial controller for Fit Stops. I'm pretty sure we are the Australia's fastest growing fitness brand right now. So it's been really exciting. The past year and a bit has been a challenging year being in uh fitness and also having to deal with COVID. But with that, it also brings opportunities as well. So it's been a crazy year, but we're on track to grow by another 100% in locations within the next um, 12 months. So having the right mindset in the team and also having the right um, focus has been critical. And that's a huge focus right now um, for me is not just the technical skills, but also how to lead um, a team to create amazing outcomes.
1: Wow, fantastic to hear about the stories about FitStop and its current growing. How about you, Talicia?
0: Yeah, so I'm in a bit of a different accounting field. So I work at PwC in the audit and insurance division, primarily in external auditing, focusing on banking and capital markets. I'm currently a manager within the team And currently I've been, I've done quite some large bank audits, primarily in Sydney. So I actually work for the Sydney office, but I work remotely in Brisbane because I'm from Brisbane and just with the pandemic, I've been back home. So we've been really focused on increasing our quality on all our audits. And that's meant lots of hard work upfront and making sure that we're delivering to our clients.
1: Wow, uh, very, very interesting. Uh, like because audit and uh, assurance at PDMC is something I'm really interested in. And I'm also very fortunate to get a vocation program at PDMC this summer in the visit. So I'm very looking forward.
0: Awesome. Maybe I'll see you in the office, the Brisbane office.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. So the next question is that I'm sure that a lot of our listeners will be interested in hearing more about your career journeys. So. Can you please tell us how you get where you are right now?
0: So my journey started in high school. I studied accounting as my like elective in grade eleven and twelve. I enjoyed it I did well in it mm-hmm. i then because I kind of focused on a lot of the business subjects in high school, I in grade twelve decided to take advantage of the placement where they offer school students to do one subject during high school. And so I was accepted into that and I did the accounting 101, at last in grade 12. So that was a real great experience. And I did enjoy the course. And from there I then put my preferences as commerce and economics at UQ. So then I went through the journey of economics and commerce and I majored in accounting in my commerce degree I there were some ups and downs during uni you know I did kind of contemplate whether I should be doing something like marketing or should be doing event management or something else along those lines but I I went through all the courses and I learned more about accounting and I really realized like there's so many different avenues that is accounting like it's not just working for a big four or working as a in financial reporting there's just so many applications of accounting and it's such a great skill so I would say that's how I've kind of shaped my education and in terms of my experience while I was at university I did do part-time jobs at like McDonald's but then I learned a job as an accountant at a small practice in the city in my third year of uni of my five-year degree and so from there I was able to get that experience of accounting and learn like it is something that I want to do and that really helped me to get some kind of internship before my penultimate year and I guess ultimately what got me the small accounting position in the first place is I did in my first two years volunteer or like I offered to work in an accounting firm just for experience. So I think that paid off quite well.
1: Well, I totally agree with you that the accounting degree leads to a lot of avenues, not just at the big four. And I, I would like to emphasize that to our listeners so that the, a lot of our listeners think, oh, maybe accounting, they just have to work for the big four, but it's not, that's not the whole story. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And how about you, Chris?
2: Yeah, by the way, that, that's really amazing to hear your experience to Alicia like that. That sounds like you have a really cool um, journey um, so far. And for me, like what you said, Peter, about not starting in the um, big four, or that's not the only avenue. That's kind of how my career shaped out. Now, to be fair, I really did want to go into the big four. It was always an aspiration of mine, but I graduated in the year of the GFC and there weren't a lot of jobs around. And I, rem- I remember job hunting during that time was quite a challenge. But somehow with a bit of luck and a bit of hard work, I landed in Virgin Australia in their um, graduate program there. So I was straight into commercial and, and well, what you said about opening doors, like my first year was in tax. My second year was in revenue accounting. And then after that, I actually moved into the revenue um, management side of the business. So I was looking after the pricing for flights such as um, Brisbane to Cairns, Cairns to Brisbane, Brisbane to Sydney, Sydney to Melbourne, Brisbane to Melbourne. So all the kind of key routes, I had an opportunity to do the pricing and analysis for. So that was a lot of fun. And it also um, gave me a taste of what the commercial side of running an airlines like. And and like you said, opening new doors somehow, or well, not somehow, with a bit of luck and hard work, once again, I was able to then move to Flight Center in the um, data analysis side. So for, for the next year or two, I was actually um, learning how to code, doing things like SQL, setting up scripts, and all of that um, fun stuff. And through that experience, I started to move up the rank there, became a learned how to be a great leader there, which is still something that you continue to build throughout your um, career. But that was the starting foundations of my leadership journey, which then eventually um, led me to work, at, work as a financial controller for YouFoods. And then also for a brand called Topdeck, which is quite similar to Contiki and now at um, FitStop. So it's been a kind of a journey of doing quite a few different things. But one thing that really helped was having that accounting background and eventually my CA to um, bounce off and use as my foundation.
1: Yep. Very, very, very interesting to hear your story too, Chris. And talking about being an accountant, so... What motivated you to become an accountant in the first place and where do you see yourself in part to 10 years time? So we, so now we're going to start with you,
2: Chris. Yeah, sure. Um, this is a funny story, but I don't know if I should say it or not, but my, my dad's an accountant. So oh, yeah. it was very natural for me to kind of go, I want to, I want to be an accountant too. And guys, I, I didn't necessarily gravitate towards the profession initially. I would say probably it's once I got my CA and I, once I really saw what was available, that's when things started to click. So I wouldn't say I was uh, motivated uh, motivated at the start, but once I really got into, I guess, actually doing it, I started to find a, a lot of joy and opportunities. Where do I see myself in five to 10 years? It's always been my goal ever since I became an accountant to be CFO. So that's that's been my goal. I, I, would, I would like to say it's within reach in the next two to five years. And then after that is really then honing my craft and, and potentially then going towards the directorship route. But that's kind of where I my see, see my career heading. But and, and like I said, it did start off re- in an interesting way that it wasn't something I guess I would have chose as a first career, but it ended up as one of the best things that happened in, in my life. So um, thanks, dad.
1: Uh, that that puts a lot of motivation for you I I can see how about you Talisa?
0: Yeah so I would say I wasn't necessarily motivated in the start to become an accountant I was quite open-minded at uni given that you meet so many different people doing different degrees so many different avenues you can major in, in in university but what I really liked about accounting was that it offered stability a good clear career path it as opposed to finance at the time it was very i guess diverse in terms of there were a lot of women in the profession a lot of women at the top and i just saw that that would be a really good avenue for me also very good pay once you continue up the career chain so i guess For me, where do I see myself in five to 10 years' time? I guess it's how I've kind of done my whole accounting journey. I haven't planned for the next five years or even 10 years' time. I kind of, as each grade, I do love working for where I work and I I do think that each year I have different opportunities within the firm and as long as I keep learning, keep challenging myself, I'll be happy to continue along the path I am in. So whether that is a partner or whether I leave and go into commercial and um, go to a business which I'm passionate about like Chris's, I'm actually just not sure right now. Yeah. (laughs) So so watch this space. Let's see. (laughs) That's totally
1: fine because it doesn't matter if you have your whole career planned out or that you want to experience everything along your way it's like always keep your mind open and opportunities will come Uh, so thank you Talicia so we have touched briefly about the CA that the Chartered Accountant so like I'm sure that some of our listeners don't have any idea about what CA so can you please uh, give us a quick overview of what CA is
0: Yep, sure so CA stands for Chartered Accountants it is the predominant qualification in terms of accounting within Australia. It It's a course that has five subjects and you then have uh, one of those subjects as the capstone at the end. It enables you to learn at the different modules of accounting. So you have auditing, you have management accounting, your financial reporting, etc. So it, it's basically a program that is a postgraduate diploma and it enables you to continue in your your profession and it's internationally recognized
1: how about you chris do you have anything to add on
2: yeah and i think to add on to that what attracted me and like to become a ca was really it's about being a professional and it's also about ethics and integrity that's one thing that being a CA is about is we're not just accountants, but we pride ourselves on integrity and doing the right thing and supporting the community. Um, kind of like what Talisha said, Like we're the only member of the um, Global Accounting Alliance here in Australia. So we're part of a collective of 10 professional accounting bodies across the world and it really does open the doors for us not just domestically here in Australia and New Zealand but also internationally as well and that was another thing that really attracted me to decide to then eventually become a CA.
0: Yeah you're absolutely right Chris and I think that's a pretty good point when you talk about ethics and integrity is once you do the program it it really does hone in on that and you it can be revoked so it is something that Hmm. we have to hold up so that the reputation of the body is upheld.
1: So the next question, is the CA pathway only for accounting students? Why or why not? And secondly, what sorts of careers can they pursue once they got their CA designation?
0: So the CA pathway is definitely not only for accounting students. I have many colleagues who didn't study accounting at university and they're currently completing their CA, there are avenues that you can take. So there's some mandatory subjects you would have had to complete in university to get the pre-entry into CA. However, you can do bridging courses, which some of my colleagues are doing so that they can complete the CA program. It definitely, the types of careers that you can have with a CA designation are so varied. You could work for the Defence Force, you could work for Queensland Health, you could work for uh, Big Four, it's just so varied. Or you can work for a small company, it's your your options are limitless. You don't even have to work in core accounting to complete your CA.
2: Yeah, and the only thing I'll add on top of that is if you have a look at the executives in the ASX 200, you might be surprised on how many of them are CAs, not just in the finance role, but doing things like CEO, COOs, CTOs. There's so many different things that CAs eventually, I guess, towards. So it's very easy to think, oh, like CAs only do tax and audit, but that's just some of the, I guess, options that we have. I know, speaking personally, yes, I've done tax, I've done accounting, but There was one time where I was actually asked to um, join sales. So it does really open up the world once you have those strong foundations that CA um, provides.
1: So the next question, like you guys already be uh, like touching on it for for quite a bit now. So, like about the graduate diploma of chartered accounting. Talisa already said that there are some like five modules, but now I think the CAA and Z, they have already changed the program up a little bit. Like I think they add a little bit more courses subjects into it. So probably I would change that questions up a little bit. Like saying about the work experience component of the CA program. Like why why do they have why do they need to do that work experience component, and how is it how has it helped you? in your
2: CA journey? Um, so from a work experience perspective, yes, there's a study um, component, but in the end you can learn everything you need to learn. But if you don't apply it, it would not make sense. And that's where the practical experience comes in. Um, as you learn the content itself, it's important to have to actually apply it. And, and like I said, we are professionals. So if you have the knowledge, but you don't know how to apply it, that's what being a um, professional is being about. And part of the practical experience as well is having a mentor there throughout that those three years to guide you through the um, process. So not only will you grow from a knowledge perspective, we expect you to grow from experience perspective, but there's also help not just from CA, but also from your mentor to guide you through that process.
0: Yeah. And I guess adding on to what Chris has said, the experience would enable you to get the qualification for the CA. And then there is a requirement to have a certain amount of hours of learning each year that you need to enter in to be able to maintain your membership. So that's really important to continue the learning that you had to complete prior to you completing your CA to ensure that you're keeping up to date.
1: So now reflecting back when you were still studying for the CA program, what was some of the challenges that you faced and that you wish someone could have told you before And how did you manage to get around that?
0: So I would say the hardest part of CA in comparison to university is that you need to juggle it with full-time work. There's quite a lot of hours you need to put in for each subject to get the pass rate or merit that you want. I would say for myself, I was lucky to be surrounded by a big intake of people going through the same type of Things so I had that support network not only within my peers but also from the firm offering master classes, which I strongly recommend people to do. If I was to do the CA program again, I would ensure that I have sufficient leave booked prior to the exam and then I'm making sure that I'm taking those regular study sessions each week so that I don't get so behind and cram it in towards the end that would have helped me just manage stress levels I think
2: yep it's echo what's been said with the time site is very important because you very likely you'll be working full-time and also with CA for me it did definitely feel and, and I can vouch for it it's, it's a step up from university um, studies the exams were definitely a bit more Challenging. So, having the ability to manage time is absolutely critical. But if I was to kind of um, go back in time, there's two things I'll probably say to myself. One is towards the end of my, I guess, during the exams, I found that if I took a week off beforehand, that greatly helped because that gave me the time away from work to really just focus on um, study. And then the other thing, I laugh about this, but this is a very serious thing for me, was make sure to bring a snack. Because what I found was during the exams, you start around 10 a.m and then you don't um, finish to one o'clock. Or, and for me, I remember doing my first exam and the issue wasn't the exam itself. It was, I was starving because I didn't eat um, breakfast and, and I didn't have a snack. So if there's one tip, I definitely um, go back in time. I would hand myself a snack before I walked into my first exam.
1: Very, very handy tips. I'm sure that some of our listeners will, will take it into account when they have to sit for that exam.
0: Definitely a good tip. <laughs>
1: So the next question, probably you guys have already touched a little bit in the previous questions. But since you complete the CA program and got this that CA designation, how has it helped you with your career progression so far,
2: Chris? Yeah, for me, what I found, especially through I guess the experience I have so far, is when someone reads my um, CV or see my LinkedIn um, profile or ask me about my history, the moment they see or hear that I'm a CA, you could see that they instantly um, have a level of standard and expectation that they expect. And which is a great thing, because uh, all right, you're a CA, that means your baseline of how you operate and what they expect is higher. So that has really opened doors um, for me. Like when I got into pricing at Virgin Australia, I, like one of the first conversations I had was, it wasn't in the interview, it was just kind of um, walking outside and I bumped into the pricing manager. And he literally asked me, like, oh, I'm looking for some people. Do you know any CAs? He asked me specifically, I was like, Oh, I'm actually studying CA and I'm nearly done that. That was probably one of the first steps that opened that door um, for me. And if, if my answer was not CA or was, um, something else, I I would have highly doubt that I would have moved on into that role. So yeah, it's really opened the door. And like I said, in, in, from an employer's eyes, they see that if you're a CA the standard is high. They, they know that they could expect great things um, from you.
0: Yeah. For me, completing the CA program was just a milestone in itself. I was just pretty happy to have completed that and have a little bit bit of a break from study. I pretty much started the CA program a month into my graduate program, which was a month after I graduated uni. After that, I was able to, within the firm, I went on secondment to New York. I And that was probably one of the preferences like when you're internally going up against other people is to have those kind of qualifications completed and it's just I think as well for me I haven't necessarily been in the job market but at the same time I do think that your clients do value it that they're having a professional that they're interacting with on a daily basis and that they're paying for a service that they value.
1: Thank you so much. So the next question, for those students who look to break into the accounting industry, how or where should they start?
0: This question, is it for the context for someone who didn't study accounting at uni?
1: Most of the listeners from our societies are pretty much like, they they might not uh, do their accounting degree, like they might do other degree like Mm -hmm. economics, finance, and then somehow later on, if they have a change in mind, and they want to break in, how or where should they start?
0: Sure. So I'd say most companies are very, very open to looking at any type of degree, provided that they have applied themselves throughout university and they have a strong willingness to learn accounting and want to be in the profession, I'd say to apply and make sure that your cover letter is tailored towards the company and the industry and why accounting has started to interest them when applying for jobs. I would also say that it would be good to flag your keenness to complete the CA program and do the bridging courses, because ultimately that is what the company would want you to do. So I think just having a genuine interest in showing that you are willing to put in the work to bridge that gap would be fine. Personally, I know many people in the accounting industry who didn't do an accounting degree, and they're some of the best accountants that I've ever met so I definitely don't think I think just putting your name out there applying but showing that you're genuine about the commitment and genuine about the, the continuing your studies and accounting would get you far
2: those are really wise words like everything you just said a hundred percent and I think the one thing I would also add on to that or contribute to this conversation is to go out and network with other accountants as well, just to start to understand what the day-to-day is like. And if you, once you start to study, like be able to have resources and people you can go to, not just from a technical perspective, but also from a practical on how it applies into the workplace. I think that will greatly help as well. So putting your name out there, not just internally, but externally with other finance um, professionals would be a, I probably be a great step too.
1: Yep, thank you so much. So n- now to our final questions. I know this podcast has been uh, quite long now. So if you can give one piece, one last piece of advice to our audience or listeners who have listened to the end of this podcast, what would it be?
0: Be open to the experiences that you are available to you. So I felt like university really gave many opportunities. I know that the UQ careers part of the Bell faculty helps students to get placements not necessarily in paid roles but just experience I do think that any kind of experience whether it's actually working in an accounting profession or volunteering at your local club or add something to the character that you are and to the person that you will be and it really does define like what kind of worker you'll be later in life so I think just try not to think of the one goal but try and get a holistic university experience and be open to what everyone has to say and their input and ask for advice, seek it down, write it down and then try and try your best to land where you want to land. And if, you know, if you don't land where you ideally wanted to, it's really not the end of the world. Sometimes that's just the shining light and then you find a different path that it also works out and in the end, you might even be happier than the path that you took otherwise
2: yeah and the advice i would give if i could turn back time and talk to myself who just about to graduate or who's i'm um, looking into these things is that the path seems straightforward but chances are it's not going to be straightforward sometimes a tough road is a road that you need to take sometimes you you turn off on the road and think you're actually going um nowhere but all you need to do is is keep going for another month and maybe another year and eventually it actually goes to where you want want it to go. So it's being prepared and not thinking that the road ahead is a straight path. Like what Talisha said, keep an open mind, but embrace the challenges that come and you'll be fine.
1: Yep. Thank you so much for spending the last 30 so minutes with me on this podcast. And also thank you for listening to this podcast till now. Stay tuned for some of our next podcasts on the World Economics series. And also feel free to reach out to both Chris Chan and Talicia Conway on their LinkedIn. They are more than happy to connect with you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Always love Peter. to chat.